This is Craig Manson for Authors on the Air, the Global Radio Network. And we're at Botrycon Day 4 in San Diego, where it's been a little cloudy and overcast today, and even had a little touch of rain earlier today. And for this segment, our guest is Casey Lansdale, who has quite a remarkable curriculum vitae. Uh, she does everything. She's a jack-of-all-trades, as it says on her website. Absolutely true. And we'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, and actually, Penny will in just a minute with you. But I want to do some talking about down home. You're from Nat Nacogdoches, and you went to Nacogdoches High School and the Stephen F. Austin as well. And that happens to be where my maternal family is from, Nacogdoches. And yeah, it is. You probably went to school with some of my cousins, you know. So if if you know anybody who looks sort of like me and their name is G-I-N-E-S, those are my cousins. Okay. And now they, they have a bunch of last names now. Because well, I'm sure if we sat here long enough, we could find yeah, the trail. Yeah. The town's only so big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly right. So anyway, here's Penny with... Uh, Casey Lansdale. Hi, thanks, Craig. Okay, so Penny Manson for Others on the Air, and I am so excited to be sitting across from Casey. Uh, we, as these things tend to happen here at Bajracom, we bumped into each other during a panel last night, sat and talked, and I said, You've got to come down for an interview because there is so much to unpack here. I'm just going to say, uh, I was telling somebody, Okay. I'm interviewing somebody who's an author, singer, actress, producer, editor, and the daughter of Joe Lansdale. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh, any, any one of those by themselves would already have me in awe. But let's start with uh, Bachacom. Is this your first Bachacom? It is not. It is. I've actually been to many of them, but normally in a different capacity. I'd normally come in uh, sort of support of my father or of a work that we have done uh, together in the past. So this is the first time I'm coming on my own and sort of getting to enjoy it in a different way. So now, I, now I'm now i a grown-up as of as of this convention. So uh, you and your father have collaborated on works together? We've Actually, the very first thing I had published was something that we wrote together when I was eight years old, and it was for kid, uh, writers and their kids write spooky stories. So we did that together. My brother was also a part of it, and that was sort of the beginning, if you will. And it's kind of been a part of my life. It wasn't always the main focus, but I think that because I do many things, sometimes it gets lost. And I've been doing more fiction writing specifically since the pandemic happened. And I think people are just now sort of realizing it's something else I do, but they're not understanding it's something I've been doing for a really long time. So it's fun to kind of get to be here, be amongst peers and actually have that conversation. So now that you're a grown-up, how is Bajacon for you this time? It's it's fun. It's different. You know, there we normally have a table. So normally I'm in the dealer's room. And that's kind of what I see. I see what goes on in the dealer's room. So to actually get to go and attend panels and meet people like yourselves, this is this is a new opportunity. And it's been a lot of fun. It, it's a whole different experience. So let's talk about your book. Your book is called... Well, okay, so it's a little bit tricky because it's just finished, so it's called First Chance, and it is in the crime fiction world, as you would imagine. I'm very excited about it. It is with an agent right now. It is being shopped, 
I've sold a, a lot of short fiction. This is the first novel that I've completed. And I feel really excited about it. There's a lot I want to tell you, some that I can't say. And what I will tell you is it is its own novel. It is its own thing. And it is adjacent to the universe of Happen Letter. And I think that's what happened is I think that's where the novel finally came from. It was the first time that something unlocked within me that felt like, oh, I know this place. I know this world. And I feel like I have enough authority, if you will, to talk about things that would occur in that universe without ever actually seeing those characters or dealing with those characters and getting to kind of uh, let those experience and those stories that I've heard my whole life reveal themselves through my eyes. So your writing path has got to be a little different because you're it's like the preacher's kid. You're the you're the daughter of a person who is known in their own right for their own work. And so now you've created something that is yours, uniquely yours. So what was your path to finally saying? Because I can see why you're doing all these other things adjacent, mm -hmm. still creative, adjacent to the craft, but not the craft. So what shifted that made you say, well, I, I think pandemic had a lot to do with it because suddenly all my performance opportunities were gone overnight. And that that sort of, you know, you're forced to shift when you are used to being um, told no or you are used to having your job sort of pulled out from under you. You are used to saying, OK, well, that didn't work. What else is there? And because fiction has always been a part of my life, it was the first opportunity that I could lean in. And it was also sort of a concurrent time when my father and I have written together and he sort of said to me, you know, I think it would be really neat if you took this character and kept it alive. And that way the series continues without ever touching the original work. And he can continue to write his books and his work and continue in that world. And I can kind of have this little piece of our family history that's mine that I can create and put into its own space as well. So it's kind of like the next generation. I hope so. You know, Pap and Leonard. I hope so. And I hope it's it's close enough to honor the fandom that's there and far enough that people can see it as its own thing. As its own standalone. Right. Because that's a lot of pressure. You know, it's a known world. It's a known entity. Um, you know, it, it's not like the old days where my father would write stories and have time to be rejected by a thousand outlets because there were so many and you could kind of work the junk out. I've had to work the junk out, so to speak, very publicly. And, and this is the first time that I feel like, okay, I think I've gotten some of that out. And now I'm really ready to tell the story. Can you tell us anything about the story? Any um, I will give you the, I have an official pitch, but um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to do it. The easiest way to say it is Hap Collins, who is one of my father's main characters, has a daughter. And she is seen and, and she's um, important in some of the plot points of his earlier works. But she's not really a known character. So this was the chance for Chance, which is her name, to sort of tell her story and how she came to be. And we follow her path as she steps out on her own. And there are a lot of mirroring moments. And there are a lot of things that are not my experience. But that's kind of the fun part of it. Cool. Can we talk a little bit about your music? Absolutely. You have, what, three studio albums up? Uh, that sounds right, yes. What um, what's your inspiration when you go to record an album? Well, it's it's different. So I spent some time in 
it started out for the love of it. You know, there was a song that came, there was a, a story that needed to be told and it was put together. And then it turned into when I was in Nashville, I ended up with a publishing deal and you, they put you in a room. It's a very collaborative place. And you sort of try to find the hook and you write for the hook. And, and those were great experiences and, and things I learned a lot on, but I think it sort of takes you, if that's not your goal, I think it takes you away from the heart of why you're doing it. And then I think this last album that I came out with, the uh, Living in the Moment, I think it kind of brought it back to those personal experiences. And I got to write that with uh, the producer and uh, a friend of mine who's a great songwriter. So it has it has shifted and changed throughout the years. And even the things that I work on now are different because country music that I grew up listening to now is very different. Uh, and not all, I didn't even grow up listening really to the music of my time. I grew up listening to the music of my parents' time. So a lot of the um, sort of influences and sounds that are important to me have shifted. And I'm from East Texas. You know, country music is very um, meshed with blues. And I always tell people I'm more country blues because I think Americana and blues is actually where I land because there's so much in the country world that it doesn't fit what I do. And I think that's both been my blessing and my curse is trying to find that little pocket. And then eventually you just sort of go like, okay, well, I don't care. I'm just doing the thing I'm doing. And that's a really nice place to land. Yeah. You don't have to be put in a corner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it, it has, it has evolved and I think is still evolving. How would you compare the uh, process of writing a a novel or or even a short story in fiction to the process of writing a song. Okay. So it's a good question. And in some ways they're similar to you're telling a story. And what I have found, I don't really have trouble switching from the songwriting medium to the fiction writing medium in in you know a broad sense. But what I have found is switching from short stories to novels has been difficult. Because it's my this is my first novel that I've finished. And I'm going, oh I now have to pull it back to three to 5,000 words, but I have so much to say. Whereas when I started the novel, I was like, I'll never have enough to say to finish 300 and something. Like, how is it possible? So I think it's just where you sort of step back and go, I have a story to tell. How long is that story? And that will dictate the medium in which it needs to come out. Jeffrey Dieter has a, a, a novel based on a Taylor Swift type character. And uh, and he actually has a soundtrack that he, that he has that goes with it. And he did a wonderful um, panel about your con- no left coast crime several years ago, talking about the similarities between writing music and writing uh, novels. Mm-hmm. And you know the slow build up to the right. to the the middle part and to your crescendo and then your resolution. And and I as a musician that spoke to me, sure. but I had never thought of it that way. And and. Just like Craig, that was my first thought as a musician. The the, the comparison of the two, uh, you must find a lot of similarities in the the music and the writing. It is, and and oftentimes the subject matter is not always the same. But so, I mean, sometimes in country music, it is the same. It's like who you know, I'm going to go murder my husband. Let me, you know. So I mean, sometimes that does cross over, but um, it's been an interesting sort of journey and of course Jeff Deaver said it perfect because he's him and he he has all the ways with words and uh yeah and he's a musician when I was on tour through uh the Carolinas 
he came out to some shows and uh it it's fascinating to hear people who have been on the other side of it and then sort of and i'm saying this very loosely dabble in music where instead of someone who's been doing music their whole life dabbling in the fiction and how they do cross over but they are their own mediums and what is the you know what is the similarity and what is the difference that is the question it would seem to me it not being either a published novelist nor a musician certainly not a musician in any sense at all uh, that getting your storytelling from 50,000 words down to something that fits in three to four minutes mm -hmm. must be kind of tough. Well, it seems like the shorter the fictions, the harder it is. And I, I do think that songwriting, even though it is a shorter medium, I think that the melody and the music itself allows for a little bit of a cheat because they're, you're not just relying solely on the lyrics. I'm the lyrics person. That matters most to me more than anything. But the average consumer, they're looking for melody before lyrics. So you do have a little bit of a cheat where the story maybe doesn't have to be beautiful and poetic. Sometimes it can just be cute and clever. And I think that's where the melody can sort of elevate something that maybe isn't so beautiful lyrically, but the song just works. Whereas I feel like with short fiction, you cannot mince a word. And that is a skill that we have to continue to hone. Um, and being a very verbose person, that is a difficult, um, you know, thing to do. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your experiences acting and directing and producing in film and television. Okay, there's a, a lot to unpack there. So I think for me, producing has been fun because what I realize is it's something I've always kind of done. I've always been someone who connects people with other people because you sort of meet people and you go this person would really connect with this person this person would really get along here and I feel like these two people should know each other so in a way that's what production is that's a very simplified thing but it's really about who do we go to for what and who needs to know who so that's been a fun experience but I started with the idea of wanting to be in front of the camera it was never my dream was never to be an actress it was more I started when I moved to LA I started doing auditions and getting casting calls for mainly things. I'm trying to find the delicate way to put this, but mainly for things that you don't have to have extreme acting talent for. Either you look like the way they want your teeth to look for this Crest commercial, or they don't. Or you fit this outfit and you are a certain height, or you're not. And so for me, it, it was easier because it, it's not personal. Either you fit this spec or you don't. But I see how people who are truly after being actors and actresses, I think that is the most brutal business. As brutal as writing and music can be, you're doing this in front of them and to your face, they tell you <laughs> that you're not the guy. <laughs> so it's, you know, you have to really have a thick skin. And I think of myself as pretty strong, but I don't think of myself as that strong. So acting is something that I have enjoyed doing, but I wouldn't say it's something that I have a huge passion for and have honed my craft and I think that's why going behind the camera is more appealing there um, the the production side of stage plays is something I've done I've done editing for anthology collections and it's all the same thing it's well and oftentimes it's who's in front of you 
Because if I'm editing an anthology and I just met X author and I go, oh, I need an author. And I just saw so-and-so and they're on top of your mind. And I've done anthologies where people I've known for years say, well, why didn't you include me? And I said, honestly, you weren't standing in front of me. And so it's all about those connections. And that's sort of what you guys are doing here is just like meeting the different authors, getting to know people. And it changes the way that you want to interact with them and experience them. And a lot of people who don't get to come to Bajacom, who can't make it uh, for whatever reason physically, we want them to not miss out entirely exactly. on the experience. So when they hear these interviews, you know, for them, it's like giving just that little piece of Bajacom. Well, that's it. You know, I mean, we all just want to connect. This It's a, a building full of people who love the same thing. And that's why we're here. And if those people love the same thing at home, great. That's the point, right? Wow, Casey, that's that time went very quickly. <laughs> there's and there's so much more we could talk talk to you about. But um, I just have one quick question. Sorry, there. I could come to wrap up, and I said one quick question. So, because you can do so many things, if the powers that be came to you and said. You have to give them all up but one. What is the one thing that you really feel your heart would break if you could never do again? Oh, oh, I'm going to cry. Um, I think I'd be like, you know, it just put me down. I think Sophie's choice. Don't that's make right. me choose. Right. Sophie's choice. Don't make me choose. And that's a, that's a, that's a legitimate answer. I can understand. Yeah. Cause no matter what they, you, you need you need different things to fulfill you in different ways at different points in your life. And my answer right now might be different than a year from now. Um, and I don't want to make that sure. <laughs> it's you're entitled to do that to, you know, to, to the not answer is no answer. Ha -ha. And that's the choice. And that's the choice you're making right now. Okay. We have been really blessed to have you join us today. I'm so happy that you took time to come down and talk to us. We can't wait to see the book when it comes out. We'll be looking for First Chance. Thank you. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here at Authors on the Air at Botchercom 2020. Thank you, Barry. Thank you so much.